America's Cold War with Russia drove human innovation forward for almost half a century. From the rocket technology that sent men to the moon to unlocking the secrets of the atom that promised untold destruction as well as unlimited power. If you were a scientist at the time, including application for military use on your research grant proposal was almost a guaranteed carte blanche from the U.S. government. With so many projects in development at once, it was inevitable that there would be a lack of oversight on some of the less-than-ethical experiments, specifically one that was approved in 1953 to explore the effect of various mind-altering substances and techniques on living human subjects with the aims of psychological manipulation and behavior modification. The experiments were carried out not just on military black sites, but also with the help of numerous top-tier U.S. universities. For 20 years, horrific experiments were performed on not only a number of unsuspecting U.S. citizens, but citizens of other countries as well. This case file, the theorists take a trip and fall into Project MK Ultra. Welcome to Alien Theorist Theorizing. Case file 85? 84? Yeah. Yeah, 84. <laughs> MK Ultra. Mind control. Fucking cool. Give some people a heart attack and they're going to say, oh, did I skip one? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, no, you didn't. I'm a fucking idiot. It wouldn't be the first time we messed that up, so. You know what though? This is the first show. Or like show the second I've... time. That's like oh no, I don't know a... how many times we've done that. I fucked that up just about every episode, every case file. I'm ba- I'm back on the beers. Uh, Me drinking too. During the show. Mm, Me too. I curbed that and uh, I had a beer already. I'm on my second beer. It's delicious. I'm not quite at a point where I'm gonna smoke and do the show yet though, because as uh, many one everyone knows, cannabis is now legal here in Canada. Oh, maybe in the future. I don't know. Yeah, I'd like to see you try. We'll try it on after hours first because I don't know if you could give it the test. Uh, <laughs> I think I'd rather do it uh, the next time we can do one in person. So it'd okay. be funnier. That would be funnier for sure. Um, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I've I get shit from Zell all the time for saying um and ah too much, and I'm very conscious trying to curb them. Just so say um in your head when you're thinking. I can't. Can't do it. Can't do it. Uh, now everybody's gonna be listening for it. Now that you said it, now you yeah. need to be even more conscious. No, I know. That's why I said it to try to like push myself to not do it as much anymore. Maybe, maybe in one of the Patreon only things, I'm gonna do a a, a cut with just all your ums in the episode, shrunk Ooh, down yeah. to see to see how Ooh, long they are. Me and Dan said we should release a case file that's just an hour of uh, us going, check, 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 <laughs> yeah, sound check. Yeah, sound checks. <laughs> All the sound checks. One, from two, it. testes, testes, one, two. <laughs> That'd be pretty funny. We, we probably could. There's probably enough uh, enough for one full case file. Just for oh, I'm, yeah, you can, you can make it work. 
I don't know how well it maybe we'll release it on April first or something. <laughs> Just a, a mega uh, mega dump of horrible podcasts. Oh yeah, that's good. <laughs> All the, we pretty much everything, release everything from would, the cutting room floor. No, we pretty much release everything we do now. So there's, I can't remember the last time we did one and we were like, nah. I think the only podcast I haven't released is the first one we ever did. Before Alien Theorists and before What's the Meaning of This, we did oh. one. We did one podcast. It was me, you, and Cass, and. I couldn't put it out because we talked about some stuff like we can't that can't get out in public. Oh yeah, yeah, no, no, no. we probably were not. probably probably fucking fucking gossip girls going on. Oh yeah, we had uh, we talked about some shit. Yeah, well, fuck that. Other than that, though, we'll, it's, we'll, it's all on Patreon. It's all we'll leave that one on the floor. <laughs> uh, let's get into some. Oh, first off, where in the world is Mister Conspiracy? Conspiracy. Uh, he's in he? Brisbane. He's Shit. in Australia. He's already up in Brisbane he, now. Yeah. yeah, he bought a van. Listen to this. Listen to this. And he he now listens to the podcast. So he's catching up. <laughs> he's up to like case file forty. Shit. Yeah, and he's like he every now and then he'll message me. He's like, you know what you guys said about me on this one? <laughs> like, no, no, dude, I don't know. And then he'll tell me, and I'll like laugh. I'm like, that's pretty funny. He goes, all right, I see how it is. That's hilarious. He bought a van. He bought a van while he's down there that he was going to camp around in. It was going to be his conspiracy van. If you follow him on Instagram, he threw some stickers on it. He bought that van two weeks ago. He's planning to sell the van. <laughs> I was like, why the fuck did you buy it? I can't. I haven't been able to get a hold of him to ask him what the what the hell he's doing. But yeah. I have a feeling Mr. Conspiracy is starting to run dry on the conspiracy funds. Hmm. Conspiracy oh, love van, a conspiracy van. For how long are you gonna stay? And you bought a whole van, so he had a mystery machine. He had a mystery machine, or he, he had one. Have to go around machine. the outback solving mysteries. <laughs> oh, get yourself a dingo. I'm going to, uh, I'm gonna get that girl to make us a Mister Conspiracies mystery machine, and I'll get it printed on a magnetic logo, and I'll send it to him. And then he can put it on the side of his fucking van. <laughs> That'd be great. Also, the t-shirts, if go to our website or T Public, look up Alien Theorist Theorizing. We got ton of shirts now. We got swag. Shirts galore. We got yeah, lots swag. of shirts. Lots of cool shirts. And make sure if you're buying them, send us a picture. Send us a picture of you wearing the shirts. We haven't seen I've seen a couple, but no one wearing them yet. They've just sent a picture of like Here's my shirts. They're laying on the on on my bed. Put that bitch on. Cool. Yeah, put it on. Yeah, dude, we want to see you styling and profiling. Um, Swag. other than that, anyone else got anything before we want to get going on the business at hand? I guess I got to do space news. Forgot I hadn't done that yet. Uh, NASA certifies SpaceX's Falcon Nine to launch its top missions. Uh, the Falcon 9 now boasts NASA's top reliability rating. Awesome. Oh. I know, that was pretty cool. Yeah, Falcon 9 is such a cool rocket name. Oh, like, that's oh fuck. Falcon 9. Like, <laughs> it's so cool. When, when's the Falcon Heavy supposed to be going? Oh, that's an even cooler rocket name. The Falcon, Falcon Heavy. Heavy. <laughs> when the Falcon 9 is not enough, bring in the Falcon Heavy. <laughs> It, it always <laughs> delivers its payload. <laughs> <laughs> so that was kind of cool. It's uh, 
good news for SpaceX. Those guys uh, have been killing it for the last like seven years. Just better and better all the time. Yeah, the two-stage Falcon 9 has now been certified as a Category 3 rocket. That's the categorization needed to handle expensive or sensitive missions, such as the launch of the Hubble Space Telescope and the Mars Curiosity rover. So like any Ooh. any high, real expensive or you know dangerous missions or shit that's got to get to space, it's going up on that Falcon Heavy. Falcon, Falcon Heavy. 9. Falcon Heavy. In a time. Yeah, well, <laughs> this is... Yeah, I got a... Remember when we talked about the Amuamua about a year ago? Oh, yeah. I was going to talk Oomua. about this, too. The Amuamua interstellar asteroid? or what? They don't really know what it is because this doesn't really fit any any other space terms. Like, it doesn't. it's not really a comet. It's not really an asteroid. It doesn't really follow, like, like a gravitational route. And scientists at Harvard think that it could have been an alien spaceship. We've been saying it since the start. But it just yeah, came out. No one just, gives a shit when we when we talked about it. When we talk about it, no one gives it. a shit. When We're Harvard says it's it. an alien, everyone freaks out. It gets shared a million times. But they think if someone could, from Harvard listens yeah, to our I podcast and steals it. Peer reviewed article and put it in a thing, you know, you know, whatever. But it's from Harvard. It's from Harvard. Harvard. Yeah, but it's uh it's back in the news. Oumuamua thinks it could be some type of solar sail from an alien planet, like some type of alien drone perhaps because the way it like I, it, the way it, it, it accelerated through our solar system and stuff didn't fit with any other ast- like heavenly body that moves through space it sped up when it left too which is it's not unusual but it's normally comets do it all the time they like get propelled by evaporating gases but umanuma isn't a comet so they're not really sure why yeah, it shows no no up. gas ejection. Yeah. yeah, if it were using a solar sail or something like that, it's like the radiation from the sun, and like that's how a solar sail works is catching radiation against like a particle uh, fabric, and then it pushes it. Solar sail. It's dope. So if it was accelerating a little bit faster with no real, I mean, you couldn't see it. Probably if it were using a solar sail, I don't think you'd really be able to see it like too well. No, I don't think um, I don't think it'd be like it wouldn't be defined enough from the object itself to really know if it was a sail. Yeah. yeah. So it could very well be interstellar traveler. Is it a? We will said we a, have visitors soon. We said I aliens think, first, think, motherfuckers. Yeah, yeah, we, we, we said we're it right here first. Aliens, Muamua. Aliens. That's all I got on that. That's that was my second thing of space news too. So I didn't have much. There is a. I know everyone beats me for these, but the sun is finally, it's, we've had a spotless sun for so long, but there's finally activity on the sun's surface again. So uh, Aurora season is upon us. That's dope. So if you're Love anywhere uh, where you can see them, you'll probably be seeing them sooner than later. And I got one more piece of space news here. If anyone knows anything about Enceladus, one of Saturn's moons, NASA signed an agreement in September with the foundation to support initial studies for a privately funded mission or potentially habitable moon of Saturn. So that's the one all the all the all the scientists say that has the best chance to harbor life in our solar system. 
No one, we haven't got to do a lot of research there, so we're sending in something private, non-NASA, they say. So that's yeah, fuck, so awesome. cool. Fuck those liars. Always lying about Cover shit. Up the truth. Covering up, doctoring images, erasing the moon landing footage. Like, what else can they do? Send, send in a private team. That's the only way you know if you're getting the real shit. Though I don't think everyone at NASA is a... Uh, is hiding everything, but I'm sure there's been a few people to, you know, a little doctor, doctor this, doctor that. Uh, that's all I got for space news. Dan, I said on my space news, ooh, ooh, is the only thing on my docket. Well, let's get in. Let's fire up the Randomatron X3 and see what it pumps out for us this time. All right, and we're thinking at it right now. <laughs> Creepy story. Dun, 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 dun. This is a uh, story by Lil Mama. Little Mama? Lil Mama. Lil Mama. Lil Mama posted uh, back in 2017. The sound. My boyfriend, now husband, decided to go on a road trip to my dad's hunting cabin in northern West Virginia. Mountain Mountain mama, mama, take me home. Country roads. West Virginia. (laughs) uh, Next, just to a few counties over from Point Pleasant. We packed all our gear into our truck the night before so we could get an early start the next morning. We rise and shine extra early because we couldn't contain our excitement. Our trip to the cabin goes fine. We reach the town that the cabin is near and load up on groceries. About an hour later, we are turning down the dirt road toward the cabin. Now the cabin is about 50 miles back in the boondocks, away from any kind of civilization. It's very isolated and creepy at times. We drive down the dirt road for whatever, for, for fuck. We drive down the dirt road for what seems like forever. Then we finally see the cabin. Both of us are tired from the trip and plan on res- relaxing by the fireplace and watching some divides. As soon. <laughs> divids. Divids. I don't know how to pronounce divids. <laughs> divids. That's it. That's it. Uh, as soon as the bag and groceries are unpacked, we get everything inside and I start dinner. While my boyfriend, let's call him Neil, <laughs> plan on gathering some firewood. Like that's the worst fake name ever. Like let's call him Neil. Let's call him Neil. Plans on gathering some firewood out back by seven something. The sun is setting. We make sure all the doors and windows are locked. It's a small one bedroom cabin, so there was maybe five windows and two doors. This will be important later. After we clean up, we decide to watch Catch Me If You Can on Divid, so nothing scary. I reach for my cigarette only to find my pack empty. I ask Neil where the carton was we just got, and he tells me in the truck and asks if I want him to go get him. I tell him no, that I will, and I slip on my shoes and make my way to the door. Now, I have always been scared of the dark, and hate going outside in the dark 
for as long as I can remember. I turn back to Neil and ask him if he will stand at the front door while I go to the truck. He says yes and makes his way over. I ease outside and down the steps to the truck. I was reaching in to get the carton of cigarettes when I hear this sound. At first, it sounded like a woman screaming. Then it changed to a howling. Then it was like those sounds came together to form this one creepy sound. Honestly, it's hard to explain. It just sounded like a demon and a werewolf all in one. I make a beeline for the cabin, and I see Neil's face fully drained of color. I push him inside and ask him, what the hell was that? It took him a while to answer me, and he said, I don't know. I've been the woods hunting and fishing with my dad and brothers all my life, and I have never heard any animal sound like that before I told him. Then we hear it again, only it's near the living room window, and Neil makes a mad dash to the bedroom to get his pistol, and I get my dad's hunting rifle from the closet. I had never been so scared in all my life. I thought, what if this thing tries to come in here, and we hear it again at the front door? I take aim at the door. My tiny hands were shaking, thinking, oh my God, please help us. I'm maybe a five foot four female, but I was going to unleash hell on this thing if it tried to step foot inside. (laughs) Then it screamed again. (laughs) (laughs) Only it wasn't at the door anymore. It was at the kitchen window. Neil and I stood back to back with our guns at the ready. Then we heard a crunching sound, like metal being destroyed. We were too scared to move. Finally, after an hour of standing like that and not hearing anything else, we eased over to the kitchen window to look and see if we could spot anything. Neil, being taller than me, looked first and said, Oh my God, it ripped a hole in my truck. I looked out the window to see a huge hole ripped in the door. We then double-checked every window and door to make sure they were locked, and we stayed up all night listening scared that that thing would come back. Morning at morning came, and we decided to inspect the truck. Neil went out first with his pistol by, by his stand, and I had the hunting rifle at the ready. We get to the truck, and there were claw marks from the taillight to the passenger door, and then a huge hole like this thing had punched it. We go back inside and call the forest ranger. He comes out about three hours later, looks at our truck, and then tells us that in the last six months, 12 people have gone missing from this area, and the farms that are all close have reported the same sounds we had during the night. And the next morning, the farm finds their animals either gone or gutted. He Mm. told us it would be wise to clear out until they could find the animal responsible for all this. He looks scared and pale himself. He said he didn't want to be up here a long period of time, but he would wait for us to pack things and follow us to the main road. We didn't need to be told twice. We tossed our stuff in the truck and flew down the dirt road. When we made it to the main road, we thanked him and went on our way. To my knowledge, they have never found any animal, thing, person, nothing that was doing those things in those woods, and we have never been back there and never will. We didn't see whatever it was, and I'm glad we didn't but I do know that no animal was making those noise, noises. 
and could do that kind of damage to a truck, not even a bear. Hmm. Mm. Not a bear, mm. eh? Not a bear. So was it Bigfoot? Not a bear. Is it a Bigfoot? Bigfoot, maybe. This sounds like a... There have been Bigfoot sightings in West Virginia, but I don't know. Sounds more closer to... Could be a mountain lion. Yeah, but... You know? What's punching a hole in the truck? What kind of truck you got? Fucking cardboard truck? Yeah. When they, yeah, when they say punch a hole in the truck, like through the window, or like... Like it punched no, it, it, or... To me, it sounds like the door, like the... Like through the, the metal? Like through the metal. Right? I mean, hmm. 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 I don't know why it would scratch those doors. I could see a mountain lion getting onto the property and like hanging around the house maybe that time. I don't know, but maybe the claw marks too would explain the claw marks, but punching a hole in it, not sure about that. I know, dude. I've been in the woods lots and like when there's animals, like I'm never really scared of animals. I see lots of bears. I've seen a cougar in the woods before and you're never like... It's that unknown, man, that deep fear you get from the unknown. That's the worst. That's the scariest part. That's the scariest part. It's like you don't know what it is. Like and like could that, be anything. Yeah, yeah, and that that shit, like you get a like I've had it once in the woods with uh Mr. Conspiracy. We and we were we like it was like went on for like ten minutes and we I was terrified. I was like, Oh god, get me the fuck out of these woods. That's so, the worst it's the worst when you hear something or you think you hear something but you can't see it and you're like you like your hair stands up and you're just kind of like waiting for it. Yeah. Waiting for something. It, even though it's probably nothing, your body's like, could be something on guard, on guard. Let's go. Well, what is it? We're, what is it? We're called. We're apex predators. But like, I think we're also like apex prey. Like we're, we're the fucking hardest to prey. Like we get fucking like six cents when like bad shits around, you get that intuition, like gut feeling like that. It's that's fucking real. Like, Care what anyone says, like you get that sometimes you get that bad feeling, like turn away, go do something else. Yeah, if you get that feeling, trust your gut because always trust the gut. Trust the gut. Um, huh. cool, interesting, interesting one. Cool little story, little, uh, little, some type of car punching Bigfoot <laughs> really doesn't like trucks, hates them. Yeah, fucking <laughs> <laughs> this thing's not truck. Ford tough, <laughs> <laughs> bitch. All right, let's uh let's get to task at hand. MK Ultra. Can I say first off, sure, the fucking coolest name for a government project has to be MK Ultra. I like. I wonder where they got the name. Because before before MK Ultra, like MK Ultra started in 1953, but like earlier, like they were still doing everything they were doing in MK Ultra. But they called it Operation, well, Project Artichoke or Operation Artichoke. Lame. And, yeah, terrible. And basically, um, I guess, you know, they started Project Artichoke in 1951. And around 53, they were having a meeting. And someone's like, I don't get the artichoke reference. And someone's like, yeah, it's kind of shitty. And they're like, some like guys like smoking a cigar in the corner, like dimly lit. And he goes... MK Ultra. They're like, oh yeah. Well, the M- M- the it. MK is just a like a digraph. Like it's just I don't know. The, I don't think that has any like significant meaning. It's just like two letters put together, MK. But then Ultra in World War II was the top secret classification in World War II. Oh. Like Ultra. That's like the top at the top. As far as I could find, that was like above top secret. Like that's Ultra. Ultra secret. The most secret classification. 
The most secretest of secrets. Um, Dan, do you want to you want to lead us off on uh, MK Ultra? What's uh, yeah, what's, cr- what's all this ultra ness about? What's what, what's this about? <laughs> so, Project MK Ultra was a secret project run by the CIA, and MK Ultra is kind of like a broad um, umbrella that really covers. I think somewhere around they said like eighty to one hundred to one hundred and sixty. Uh, different projects that the CIA was experimenting with uh, from about 1953 until 1973. So about 20 years Um, in the 1950s and sixties, the United States government was afraid that Soviet and Chinese and North Korean Asians were using mind control to brainwash us prisoners in the war in Korea, because they were having these POWs come back from Korea and they were, denouncing the West and they were talking about how, you know, communism is going to win. And so this really, you know, put the, uh, put the secret service on their heels and we're like, "Mm, something's weird going on here. So Alan Dulles, who was the director of CIA uh, at the time approved the project uh, MK ultra in 1953 and its aim was going to um, develop techniques or uh, substances that could be used against Soviet enemies uh, to try and control or modify human behavior with drugs or other psychological manipulators. So any type of like um, Electro, you know, electroshock, enhanced, enhanced interrogation, uh, whatever you want to call it. So yeah, uh, like electroshock, uh, drugs, paralytics, anything they could pretty much think of off the top of the head. And this uh, this project went on to involve, they say, more than 150. So 150 is probably a good round, but there was plenty of other stuff going on within MK Ultra, And so it wasn't just the CIA doing the experimenting. They kind of contracted the workout to other places. So these experiments didn't just happen in some like secret CIA black site. Sure. There were some that probably happened there, but a lot of these experiments and tests were conducted at universities, hospitals, crazy prisons, and not just in the U S but also in Canada. Fucking with us too up here. (laughs) Big time. Big time. So we have the CIA, um, chemist and poison expert Sidney Gottlieb and he was kind of the first who was got on with the idea that they could use the the power or they could harness the power of of LSD and its mind-altering properties uh, and they could use this for you know uh, for things to like brainwashing or psychological torture you know, you could send someone on a bad trip and really screw up their brain, which is completely possible. Um, but they thought they could use this as a type of uh, way to kind of um, persuade people or they could use it as like, I think most of this was kind of looking for the the perfect truth serum, like getting somebody to do, tell you what you want to know or get them to do what you want them to do without having to kind of you know you're looking for that magic key like no, to just open up the no brain. repercussions of doing it no repercussions right people wouldn't so, remember or anything yeah 
Yeah. So the CIA began to uh, funnel money into studies at places like Columbia University, Stanford, um, that and other colleges that tested the effects of the of the drug. And so MK Ultra didn't just mess with LSD. They were all into all the party drugs. They were into MDMA, ecstasy, mescaline, heroin, barbiturates, methamphetamine, and psilocybin and uh, uh, magic mushrooms. Forced, I also had written down here, forced morphine addiction and then mm-hmm. forced withdrawal after. Yeah. That was pretty, a big one. Pretty much everything they could think of they were trying to do and see how it affected the brain. Yeah. Um, there were there are other ones. We we talked about it on one of the other. I think we covered it in one of ATT confidentials, but we talked. I'll just briefly mention it. The best name for uh, the best name for a CIA operation. Brayden, you know what it is. Um, oh, Operation um, Midnight Climax? Hell yeah. <laughs> Fucking 100%. Besides MKUltra, that is the best operation yeah. name. It's Operation Midnight Climax. It's like a great... Sal, do you know anything about Midnight Climax? Uh, is this like a... Just from, before you guess, just from the name alone... What do you think that what do you think that would involve? Okay, I I remember reading something about it, but I don't really remember what it was. It, is it something with creating sex slaves? Uh you're on maybe. the right maybe. <laughs> Probably. Because it was like uh they brought people into like a brothel brothel or something and then they would feed them large sums of LSD. Yeah. Something like that. Got it. And lock them yeah. in a room and then they'd be like you can't tell anyone because you were here to f- bang hookers. Suit, <laughs> he had just blackmail him. Yeah, essentially. Yeah, that, that that was one of them. That was one of the operations that the this whole MK Ultra kind of spawned out. And and this one, uh, this one was one of the the less controlled ones. Operation Midnight Climax kind of got away from them. It was uh, had few, very little oversight, and even the CIA agents who were involved. Uh, admitted that it was just like a freewheeling party atmosphere. <laughs> These dudes were just doing whatever they wanted, which is, you know, tons of uh, government provided drugs that you could just go nuts. And you're, they, they were living in San Francisco at the time. So, you know, these guys were just, you know, government, it up. government sponsored drugs and sex. Yeah. Yeah. To see how it affected your mind. I don't yeah. know. Well, they did. They did do some tests. If like interrogation techniques worked better, like pre, post, or even sometimes during coitus. So, <laughs> like fucking wild, man. You like you like run in the room, like while some people are getting it on. You're like, tell me everything. And you're like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> dosing you with L- uh, LSD while you're getting it on, just like ah, that's so messed I mean, up. There's all kinds of crazy stuff that happens in your brain uh, during sex, so you know that could be. But I don't think that would be like the best time to interrogate a person, or maybe you know what? Yeah, yeah, probably would. You're naked, you're vulnerable. That probably is the best place, the yeah, best time. Yeah, you're fucking high and you didn't remember taking drugs. Yeah, hundred percent. You'd be fucking freaking out. I'll tell you anything you want to know. So many um, of these, so many of these fucking, this shit is like honestly, it's so crazy because so many of these, uh, these tests 
including drugs and stuff, they did without people's consent. Like, they would just drug people. Tons of times. Mm -hmm. And, like, lots of times in, like, like in Canada, uh, there was, this was a little bit, I think, just a precursor during Project Artichoke. Out of UBC and, like, uh, there's, like, it's called the Hollywood Hospital in Vancouver. There was, like, a Dr. James Tyhurst and a couple other guys that would, like, they got contracts by the CIA to run these tests, and they would just, like, drug patients and like someone would come, they were uh, psychiatrists and they, people would come in and be like, I'm depressed. And he's like, I've got this new study that's going to work. Perfect. And they just fucking give them drugs, give them morphine to see if they could like induce mind control and like hypnotize these people to like do their bidding, like my um, Manchurian candidate shit. Like they just test on patients. Like, and these, these people didn't have any idea that, they were going to be drugged or like they weren't, they had no, not a clue. Yeah. yeah. And you'd think like the scientists are working on here are like crackpot dudes. Like, no, these guys were top end, like globally recognized psychiatrists, like top of their field guys. And you kind of, kind of, I don't know, some part of me kind of sympathizes with them because you're like government blank check to do whatever I want on crazy experiments. Hell yeah. yeah. Like if I were a scientist, you know, just pure scientist, you'd be like, well, yeah, you know, get at it. Um, but yeah, another one that was in, uh, in Canada is the, the story about Ewan Cameron, who is a Scottish psychiatrist and he worked in Canada in the 1950s and he had the kind of theory to see if you could corrupt someone's mind and make them act in specific ways. Um, so they were trying to figure out ways to make people, you know, you could break apart their personality, just shatter them. And then you can make him do whatever you want. And his experiments had things like electroshock therapy, drug-induced sleep, injections of massive massive doses of LSD and more. Um, Just a bunch of things. I mean, you'd have things where people would get, like they'd get injected with some sort of sleep-inducing drug, like barbiturates or something, and they'd knock them out. And then they'd jolt them awake with like amphetamines and stuff. And then you'd just keep doing that over and over and over again. Until, you know, your, your brain just breaks. Um, most of the, from like most of the documents and stuff that people have found, there wasn't really much success in that. A lot of the people, and some of these people, like we said, they were, they would go into these places, these, these hospitals, or they'd go into some places where uh, asylums, uh, mental health institutions, like they'd go in there for just like anxiety disorder. Right. Or something, you know, something that's could be treated pretty simply. And then they would end up getting, you know, your entire brain wiped. You know, basically you wouldn't even some of these people that were tested on had were experimented on at the end of it. They couldn't even uh, perform basic tasks. Their brain turned to mush pretty much mm-hmm. Ton, like tons of cases of that. And it's crazy because not only are these guys like not crackpots, but like. James Ty, I can't remember if it's James Tyhurst or Ewan Cameron. One of them became like the the top like director of like the Canadian like psychiatric union or whatever fuck it was called. I can't remember the name now. Right, like they were they were like they were like the fucking you know big dogs. They were you know heads of these organizations. They weren't just some fucking random like fuck crazy haired guy in the back back alley they found. 
Oh, this is top-end talent here working on this kind of stuff. Yeah. And let's not forget that this isn't that long after World War II, and the Nazis were known to be experimenting on the same type of stuff, maybe not with LSD, but on like mind control and brainwashing tactics. And I couldn't find any, I didn't have enough time to really get any hard evidence, but how, like how many of those scientists that came over in Operation Paperclip, which we haven't really done a case file on yet, but that's pretty much the Americans and the Soviets taking the spoils of the Nazi war party, like the scientist portion. And this, you know, uh, don't worry about what you did. Just keep doing your research for us now. And I just wonder how much of that actually came from the Nazis to start with. Like, how, like where this project, like all the knowledge they got from whatever Nazi scientists came over. Do you think that's? Do you think that's what started? Like, okay, they had they were on to something, but they didn't get a chance to finish. And then MKUltra comes they, in for twenty years with the same scientists. Oh, I I found my note. It was Cameron. Owen Cameron. He became. He became the president. Oh my God. Okay. He became the president of the Canadian Psychiatric Association. He also became the president of the American Psychiatric Association. And then while he was while he was in the midst of Project Artichoke and getting into uh MK Ultra doing all the shit, he was named the president of the World Psychiatric Association. Crazy. While he's drugging the shit out of people. In this same like book, I just have a couple excerpts from this book. Patients were subjected to sensory deprivation for up to 65 days or put into comas for weeks of drug sleep. Wow. Yeah, they're always trying to they're really interested in trying to induce amnesia. Like they're really interested in trying to get that like being able to have someone like forget a certain period of time and just kind of have their brain just kind of wipe it. And either just like a forced, um, like a forced amnesia where they would, they would think back, but they just wouldn't remember it, you know? So, I mean, basically you'd have missing time, um, but just having people to be able to do that, they were really, they really wanted psychic mind slaves. Like these people, they really wanted uh, an operative, a spy who could, you know, you'd act completely normal but then they would go and do something like you'd, you'd call them and, and program them with a certain uh, phrase or, or image or something you could show them. They would act completely normal. Uh, no one would be able to tell the difference that they had changed, but they would go out and do perform a specific task and then come back and they wouldn't even remember that they had done it. Which is super creepy. That's ins- <laughs> it's insane. Like, yeah. so I get, I guarantee that it started with the Nazis. They took these scientists in Operation Paperclip and they just continued on with this like way to fracture someone's mind into being like dissociative. That's pretty mm-hmm. that's pretty much the theory behind it. Like if you can like if you can cause enough trauma on the brain, it's like a human it's a human condition to like like fracture your brain, like become dissociative. You, re- you regress, yeah. You become dissociative think- and you have like a different personality, and that personality can then be controlled by the handler of whoever's doing this to you. And that personality is completely separate from your like your main front, like your your normal person. But if they can encode these code words and she them like, all right, go witness this conversation, memorize it perfectly, come back, recite it word for word, and then forget it. Like that's what they were that's that's one of the things they're trying to do. And I wouldn't be surprised if they were fairly successful in some people. Um some uh a couple of people said like uh 
I think people involved with the MK Ultra project were they said that the Manchurian candidate, like the book, was actually something that set them back. They considered it a setback because they were like it showed a a seemingly simple uh a simple concept. They're like, oh, you know, it seemed like something that could be plausible that you could take a person m- create false memories or amnesia and then give them a pro and give them an, an idea. And then you'd be able to program them with this thing. And then they would go do stuff. And it, it seemed plausible. Like the book just did a really good job of doing that. But then the, you know, when they got into it and they got into all this stuff, I think they kind of, some of them kind of got into and over their heads and yeah. they were like that, you know what, this is, this is really hard. <laughs> I know the sensory deprivation stuff is, is crazy. I know people do that. They have those sen- sensory deprivation pods. I've never done one um, where you like float in water. I love and them. All the sound. You've done those before? I've never done one. Honestly, it's a, I could see how you would use that for some type of mind control. Because when you go into that thing and you're floating in there and there's no sound, you have earplugs in, and you're just floating weightless in this like salt water. It gives you like an eerie, it's a whole, like it's like almost like a different dimension. Like you close your eyes and like when you're in there, you can concentrate so hard on what, like on anything. And that's with like a mind, that's just, that's just me in my mind, you know, trying to experience something. But if you have, say you've been broken from this mind control and then put into these tanks and like given drugs, I can only imagine like the outcome of what you would experience in something like that. And putting one of those drums for fucking days at a time. Yeah. I mean, people have, um, you guys know about that room that they have, I forgot what university, but they have the room that completely blocks off all sound except for what's inside. It's completely dead, right? There's no echo either. Yeah. Yeah. There's no echo and people will go in there and they can't stay in there for like more than an hour or like less than an hour because they're like, it's just creepy. Like it's just, there's no sound and all you hear is your own body and how, how many sounds it makes. Yeah. You hear like the, like the grinding of cartilage as you move and like your heartbeat and like you just, you're, you're yeah, pulsing like your ears pumping. Yeah. The gut doing whatever it's doing down there. And just like, I, Oh, that's I so weird. Out. That'd be so crazy. Yeah. So people can't even stay there for extended period of times. I can't imagine doing it for days on end, but, and these people were like, they weren't put in nice salt water things. These people were, uh, wrapped, like they'd have their hands wrapped up in like padding. They'd have uh, blindfolds on over their eyes and then like kind of padding over their ears and everything and just locked in a little box. So I can't. Terrifying, man. To be terrifying. Yeah. That would break a lot of people just, oh. just doing that. And let's not forget yeah. that this is like going on out of the public eye mm-hmm. pretty much illegally. <laughs> mm-hmm. like, and not tw- pretty much illegally, 100% illegally. Super illegal. Well, I, I'm sure well, that I'm sure there was some stuff that you know that wasn't. But for there are the most part, there are sure. cases like Ken Kesey, who's the author of the novel One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, and he actually volunteered for some of the MK Ultra experiments uh, that were in LSD at, when he was a college student at Stanford. So some of these some of these experiments were voluntary. So people volunteered because you know, like what college students gonna be like you're gonna pay me to take drugs like who's gonna say no (laughs) um so a lot of this um ken kesey was kind of uh attributed or he's kind of um he's the one where they kind of said that he, he had a bunch of parties like they had a bunch of parties um which they called like acid um not acid trips acid fest 
like acid fest yeah an acid fest 1962 whatever <laughs> i don't know something like that but um these parties he said influenced the development of hippie culture and they said that this kind of kicked kicked off the whole 1960s psychedelic psychedelic scene you know so mk ultra was responsible for hippies you know in a way yeah and the grateful dead in a way for <laughs> sure so there's a lot of lot to be said that this this stuff kind of jumped in there so the story was actually broken um, by a New York Times journalist, uh, Seymour Horsch, who published a story about how the CIA had conducted these uh, experiments on non-consenting U.S. citizens and things like this. So he published it in 1974. In 1973, before that, the head of the CIA was having all of this stuff burned. Um, well, uh, Richard Helms was the director of the CIA uh, in 1973, and he ordered that all MK Ultra files be destroyed. So they were burning these so things left and right. Why, why did they decide to burn them? Was like public uh, pressure to like re- like release information about the program, or? Yeah, there were a couple of um, there were a couple of committees that had been formed after Watergate. Right. After Watergate, they kind of went into um, like the people were just getting everybody because they were all concerned about government oversight after all this. And so a bunch of this stuff kind of came out during those hearings. And so then, uh, you know, you get a little piece of this and then people are like, well, you know, what the hell is that? You know, I don't, they, they hadn't. And so as soon as people started kind of digging, Richard Helms was like, no, nah, burn it. Burn, burn it all. all. Shit. And you can guarantee, you can guarantee cause he didn't get, it, he didn't get it all burnt, but you can guarantee the stuff mm-hmm. he burnt first was the worst stuff was the worst yeah 100%. stuff that has not has not even like we only hear about the lsd trials and like deprivation and hypno, hypnosis but what really went on behind closed doors that was never released is probably just like you, you couldn't even imagine i bet of the stuff they burned the um, what was left was let's see in 2004 um MK Ultra documents were up, uploaded from uh, a request from the founder of the Black Vault, John Greenwald, and this is like tens of thousands of pages. the The document index itself was eighty five pages, so they have a lot of documents that talk about the MK Ultra project, right? You know, but yeah, but like you're saying, like they would probably be burn all of the stuff that worked. Like I don't, I wouldn't want to, you know, you'd probably want to burn the things. A lot of people said that they burned, um, the stuff that they, they only left the stuff in that made them look the most incompetent. I was like, Oh, just, so just some like, drug, oh. just some drug trials here, guys. Yeah, no this deal. is really stupid. You guys were having crazy sex parties in San Francisco all hopped up on LSD. Like, Oh, what a bunch of idiots. But we they all but they probably burned all the really good stuff that's like yeah we did make freaking lsd zombies who can go out and perform assassinations and then come back and completely forget about it it's it's actually it's ridiculous too because this is after world war ii it was fucking they had the nuremberg trial trials with all like the war crimes about them for all the shit that went on they essentially made like like a code I can't remember if it's called the Nuremberg Code or the Nuremberg Treaty, 
where everyone signed. There were big trials for the war crime. Yeah, but I think they made a treaty afterwards. And then it was like, one, required is uh, the voluntary, well-informed, understanding consent of the human subject in a full legal capacity. Two, the experiment should aim at a positive results for society that cannot be procured in some other way. Three, it should be based on previous knowledge. Example, an expectation derived from animal experiments that justifies the experiment. Four, the experiment should be set up in a way that avoids unnecessary physical and mental suffering and injuries, except in experiments where the experiment phys- experimental physicians also serve as subjects. It should not be conducted when there is any reason to believe that it implies a risk of death or disab- disabling injuries. Six, the risk of experiment should be in proportion to, that is not exceed, the expected humanitarian benefits. Seven, preparations and facilities must be provided that adequately protect the subjects against the experiment's risks. And there's a whole bunch more, but essentially everyone signed this in 1949. Right. And so this, is, this like, is well after this and they're going against most of those rules. Yeah, and they then, knew what they were doing was wrong. And then instantly they, they're, they're like, they're like, oh, remember those things we came up with? Fuck it. Yeah. Drug them all. Yeah. Well, I mean, the CIA probably figured, you know, well, Soviet Union's doing it, so why don't we do it? We have to be ready. That's always kind of the justification for these kinds of things, you know. If we don't do it, somebody else is going to do it, and then they're going to use it against us. So you always just get, it, it was really just a product of just that 1960, 1960, 1950s paranoid mindset that the U.S. had about just like, spies and everything that was kind of going on you're just all that fear can kind of lead people just to you know do crazy shit crazy shit to their own citizens without them knowing and with like and they probably thought they were never going to get caught probably not at the time i mean if they're like you know the government's behind us you know they're they're bankrolling us they know you know we have approval from the highest security clearances we could do whatever we want you know, so let's go have crazy sex parties on LSD tripped out in San Francisco. <laughs> like, as fun as that part sounds, I mean, most of the people were not experiencing that. They were having their lives ruined. Yeah. With- oh, and not only was it non-consenting adults for experiments, they also experimented on their own people. Oh, CIA. it's fucking wild. Yeah, yeah, yeah fed their employees LSD and shit, and yeah. Yeah, they were dosing their some of their employees with LSD. Yeah, it was uh, essentially just you know, uh, a, a generally accepted risk of going to work in the CIA was like, you might get drugged and like examined. What happened to you this week? Oh, now a couple, couple tabs of LSD. No big deal. I made it through. You know, Bob from accounting. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, we spiked his coffee. We're going to go jumped, watch him. Want to come? <laughs> he jumped out the 10th floor window. Sorry. Well, yeah, that's what actually happened to Frank Olson. Yeah. He was a biological warfare scientist working for the CIA. Uh, this guy had gone to a CIA function and a retreat. And I guess, and I don't know what CIA agents all go on a retreat. And I don't know what they do on a CIA retreat. They probably just sit there relax. sober and be like, oh, fuck. It's so oh, nice to be sober. We need a break. Yeah. <laughs> this is so weird. You know, but apparently him and a couple other people got dosed with LSD while they were at this retreat. And whether it was intentional or heck, it could have been some weird prank. 
you know, or some some sort of biological warfare hazing, like for to work for the CIA. Like, haha, gotcha. <laughs> Have a nice trip. See you next fall, buddy. This guy, uh, after a few days or like uh, over a week, he jumped out of a window, a 10th floor, that 10th floor story window from a CIA hotel. See it? Um, I can fly. No. And though his death is considered a suicide or that was ruled a a suicide, there are at least a couple of theories floating around out there that he was. You know, if you're a biological warfare specialist and you're working for the CIA, you probably know some serious stuff. So some people say that he was threatening to tell uh, the media that the U.S. was using biological weapons in the Korean War, which is big no, no. <laughs> they probably were. He could, probably could have been doing something like that in the Korean war, but yeah. So they did in the Vietnam war. So what was stopping them in the Korean war? It's true. Well, agent I, orange. I, I have no agent idea. Orange is not biological. That's not a biological chemi- weapon. Though. Isn't it's it a chemical? deforestation agent. It's a chemical weapon for sure. He's sprayed all, all over. It's not the a f- weapon. It's for, it's for deep, but it's for, uh, yeah, but let me tell you something. It fucks up people when you spray it on people. How and many, it they fucks- didn't know that though. Did they? Or they said they didn't. They said, they, said they, didn't. they didn't. They sure sprayed a lot of it. I'm not saying it was right. I'm just saying that that's what they used it for, sweet deforestation. It wasn't weaponized. It wasn't used for weapons. It was used for... That's what they tell you. ...to clear out things. As and they didn't... I mean, yeah, that's what they tell you. So I'm just saying that that's what it was used for, and it's not really like a yeah, chemical. Well, the agent... It's not an aggressive chemical weapon. It's like, you know, it gives you cancer like years after the fact. But it's like you know, as far as like a aggressive chemical weapon, it's not. It's not like sarin. Yeah. Okay. I guess there's worse. You know? It's worse. But I mean, <laughs> 40, 40 years yet later, there's there's still millions of people affected by Agent Orange. Right. In there is, and it, yeah, what they did was wrong, and they shouldn't have. You know, you shouldn't use something that you don't know exactly what it is. But yeah, it's. But the the use of you know biological weapons by a country is. Definitely not. I mean, we've invaded countries for that. Iraq. Never found it. Probably Afghanistan. You know. <laughs> so that kind of stuff. So, you know, this guy was going to come forward and they were like, well, let's do some with LSD. We know that it can cause, uh, you know, LSD withdrawal can cause things like paranoia and suicidal thoughts. Can so, you can you get LSD withdrawal? Yeah, it's the it's the coming down period. We talked about this. Uh, me and Dan were talking about this a while ago. Because isn't LSD? Um, it's not dopamine. It's serotonin or something. So it's not an addictive thing. It's kind of like not, mushrooms. It's not the it's not the withdrawal though. It's the um, it's the effects like when you're when you're coming down off the high. Yeah, isn't it like? Well, I assume I don't know, but I assume isn't it like ecstasy where it's like ecstasy dumps all the. Stuff and then once afterwards, like you feel super uh, blah because you've u- your brain has used up all its natural chemicals and stuff. I think they're different. I think well, when you get because I've done both psilocybin and LSD, and they're very similar in the fact that there is no real effect after, or I didn't feel any personal. But when I did MDMA one time in a music festival, and yeah, my my dopamine levels were like depleted, and for like three or four days after, I didn't feel like the same person. Even though I had a great time when I did it, but for like three or four days after, I just did not feel the same. So I don't I don't know the exact science behind it, but I always feel like psilocybin and LSD are 
Well, cybicillin for sure. LSD is a different compound, kind of, but they don't really. I never really feel like they would. They just like take your mind from you after you're off them. For most people, I mean, there's always there's always someone who did too much, right? And then. Well, get, and the mm-hmm. thing is, you're you're talking from experience of probably taking a responsible dose. Yeah, that's yeah, true. that's true. You know what I mean? Like this is this is like. Now imagine someone's like. I don't know like, if it was like low dose. Let's they, see I how much we can fuck this person up. Yeah, I don't know if it was a super high dose or they were saying that. Uh, yeah, responsible dose. <laughs> <laughs> like I don't know if they were telling them, um, giving them a massive amounts of LSD, or I think we might have might have talked about like low dose of LSD, like over a long period of time, like continued dosage, like, like a week, like a tiny dose, like over a week, like tiny doses over a week, and then stop. And then maybe now, Zell, I'm curious. I'm curious. Is it one of those things where, like, when you do it, it's fun, but you're in no rush to like pop another tab? It's just like mushrooms. Just like mushrooms. So, like, afterwards, you're like, I'm good for a while. I don't need to do that again. It's a very mind freeing experience for sure, but I would not want to do it every weekend. Now, imagine Mm -hmm. you were forced to do it sixty days in a row. It would fuck you up for life, (laughs) (laughs) for sure. Be a drooling puddle on the floor, just like, yeah, just like I can imagine, just like because when you do it, ugh. your brain thinks differently, and usually it's a good thing. I, I, I'm in it, you know. Moments of inspiration are never well, like a they're bad thing. like now. I bet you now because cannabis became legal. I bet you the next or illegal substance to become legal will be cybersilicon, magic mushrooms. Well, I think they're yeah. Well, they're talking about that for medical purposes at least. No, that's but how I'm, it started I, with cannabis, and that's what I'm saying. I think eventually it'll. Even if it's not legalized, it'll be dec- decriminalized and like you be able to, because it's really, it's, there's not a lot of effects really <laughs> of mushroom. Like if you do much, like the first time you do it, there is, but if you do it a few times, like I don't feel any effects from it anymore, but that's a whole nother. I just, I just personally think that that'll be the next drug that'll be like, you know what? This actually has a lot of medical properties and it doesn't really hurt you in small amounts, but hopefully your government doesn't give you 60 doses in a row. Yeah, doesn't freaking make you eat an entire six pounds of moderation, people. Moderation. (laughs) Yeah, I can't imagine some of these people go through. I mean, a lot of you. you, If you look it up on the internet, there's plenty of videos of people who claim to be MK Ultra victims or MK Ultra survivors. And if you listen to some of their stories, they're crazy. They're, I mean, not crazy. They're not crazy. Maybe they really sound crazy. Yeah, they sound crazy. They sound pretty. I mean, just the fact of some of the stuff that they went through. Let's talk. Let's talk about that. So they, okay. So we have that CIA twenty years, MK Ultra, and the only reason they really ended it probably is because of public pressure. They burned most most of their stuff. Maybe they didn't even burn it. Maybe they just got took it. They took it out of the office, hid it in a vault away. Because you think when someone's onto new technology or new like ways of thinking, no one just stops, right? I don't think anyone just stopped after like oh seventy three. Ah, uh, we learned everything we could. But probably what they learned is like, God damn, we can make some type of super soldier or some type of like dissociative identity person who doesn't even know they're doing stuff for us with a few code yeah. words. Yeah. So that was, that was what, 73? Yeah. <laughs> like, what's been going on since then? Like what happened after 73? Did they just, did they just shut, like shut down shop and that Bullshit. was all good? Dude, th- honestly, they were doing flu shots at work and I was doing the research of all this shit. And yeah. they're like, yeah, they stopped doing this kind of shit at 73. And I'm like, okay. And I'm watching this, a coworker get a flu shot ahead of me. And I was like, you know what? I don't need that flu shot so bad. I was like, I think I'm good this year. 
I was like scared. I was like, man, there's no like, I'm not an anti-vaxxer, but like they're still doing shit without a doubt. Without a doubt, we just don't know about it. Well, well, the flu shot too is like they plan for three or five strains of flu. That doesn't mean you're not going to get the flu. Like you just might just get a different yeah. strain. Like, that's all that thing. But yeah, there's. Let's go down this road. Let's go down a conspiracy road because you know that's what I like to do sometimes. MK Ultra ended in '73. There's been quite a few people recently come out against something called Project Monarch. That's what it is. So Project Monarch is a mind control program. And it was made popular by Kathy O'Brien. And she's got a bunch of videos out. And she's got a bunch of books. But she's pretty much saying she was part of this program. And what this is is a continuation of MKUltra. And it was taken over, not necessarily by government, but by like elite and high-ranking members of the Western world. Primarily in Hollywood. And possibly even in... You can, some people make the claim even to like Pizzagate and the elite of the states. But tons of people, it's like, was it Corey Feldman, Elijah Wood, like all these people are talking about like pedophiles and stuff in like in Hollywood and entertainment. And what, and what this was Project Monarch is a way pretty much for ritualistic abuse of young children to break their minds, like fracture their minds and install this type oh, of mind control dude. on them. Dude, you're getting into some diddler shit? Yeah, we're going down that I'm just saying, road. I'm, I'm going down Project Monarch. And what Project Monarch is, is is a conspiracy a conspiracy road that goes deep, deep and dark, winding its way through all fucking arms of the conspiracy world into government and in entertainment and everywhere else. But pretty much what it is, is they take young children. But what they do is they make like a child, pro- like so there's like people say like Britney Spears, uh, Tara Reid, like other like people who become famous when they're young, become a monarch. It's pretty much... They mold you into a mind control servant of the elite, of the rich people to like make money for them, really. Or perform sex, like sex acts and everything. Have you guys ever heard? Lindsay Lohan. Well, and that, I, I wonder if that's why so many child stars get all fucked up. Well, see, I could see that happening to somebody like Lindsay Lohan because she is like certifiably insane now and maybe she's broken. Well, what happens in with like all these child stars when they're like 27 to 30? If you could search like mind control celebrities, you'll find all these names. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go through the whole list now. Prime example, Britney Spears. Well, when she's 27, 28, she goes through this. What they say is like the fractures in their mind, like it kind of loses hold when you're around the age and you start to go crazy a little bit, and like you can't control like when your one identity is out and when the other one's out. So you've seen like pictures of, like Britney Spears when she had like when she went bald, shaved her head, and she wore a pink wig. Yeah. Yeah, and they call that the, was a weird time. And they call those people. And she married K Fed. Yeah, the, super cool white rapper guy. Yeah, and they call the they call those people like the kittens, right? If you were, and they're that's like a mind control person. They they goes back as far as like Marilyn Monroe and like people who are like in the elite company who have been broken. And they have, probably have a handler. And it's all the shit. So Project Monarch is pretty much a continuation, not acknowledged, not yet, other than a bunch of whistleblowers. You know, I was mind controlled as a kid. Like after 30, I got out and I'm they're blowing the whistle. So this one this one girl, excuse me, Kathy O'Brien, she's one of them that says, like, listen, this is going on more than you think. So it's just one arm of the end of MK Ultra. Like, what happened to it after all these years? Did that did the knowledge just dry up and all that stuff they did? It's just like, ah, right, we don't do that anymore. You can trust us. Or did some people take that out of the government, like out of the CIA and other like government agencies and just continue on the knowledge that's that's the conspiracy 
obviously it's hard. That one's hard to go down the road because there's not a lot of information available besides some videos. But what do you, what do you guys think about that? Well, man, for me, it's like, okay, not even go the Hollywood sign, but we, you know, we just recently went through all the, like the pedophilia rings and a lot of the people that are like trying to whistleblow on these pedophile rings, you know, they're like in their twenties and stuff and they're so fucking drug dependent and they're like, they're fucked up. So if you're like forcing drug dependency on these people, right. And making them so like, to be honest, like if you have a drug addiction, you're trying to say anything like, and someone finds out you have a drug addiction, like it doesn't look good for you. It's not, it's a, it's quite the always negative, super negative. Right. So if you're, if you're forcing addiction and this shit and like fracturing these people's, these like children's mind when they're young, right. Just fucking them up, make them crazy. So then everyone's like, they're fucking crazy. Right. Yeah. I don't want to listen to them. Um, that's where my brain was going with. I was like, man, it gives me, it gives more fuel to all the f- pedophilia rings you hear about. Okay. How about this? I'm going to go a little farther. So you know how you hear about like it's satanic pedophilia. That's rampant in Hollywood and like Washington DC, they say, right? Yeah. P- Pizzagate, all this stuff, high ranking people, pedophilia. They blackmail you when you see a naked, like a naked, like a, a kid, even if you don't do anything to the kid or molest a, a kid or anything, they, Take a picture of you. They black. They have you in blackmail, so you can never say anything. Because if you do, you're outed. Yeah. But these rituals, they always involve like Moloch or like Baal or all these like ancient Babylonian or Egyptian gods. Yeah. And that is like that's straight out of Alex Jones's like mouth. Like these people are into like occult, ancient, mind control rituals that pretty much allow them to take over. Well, in this case, industries. But if you go back to like the Egyptian Book of the Dead, it describes like torture to the enslaved of the initiate for like pretty much it describes mind control. And these people are always using like these ancient like at Bohemian Grove, which we haven't done a case file on, but we've talked about before. They worship this like owl god Moloch and like all these like these are characters from like thousands of years ago. And they're worship like not even they're just like they're taking part in the same rituals. And, I, and the conspiracy is that these people have figured out much how to take over the world through these type of mind controls and controlling like their subordinates through like extreme ritualistic torture, pedophilia, and then blackmailing people in their ring. So no one ever outs them. Cause as soon as you say something, then you're the pedophile, then you're out. Yeah. Right now you're going to jail. Now you let it slip, bud. Sorry. So that that's down the conspiracy road. Obviously it's all alleged. I don't know, but when you see all of the, like, First of all, like celebrities are weird. A lot, like a lot of the really famous celebrities Super are weird. weird. They're weird people, all the time, and they act weird. And sometimes on just search, just going. If you want to stop the podcast right now, go on Google and just search celebrity mind control evidence or something like that. And let's watch like people. They'll be on camera. Someone will say like a line from like just like a weird, like weird four four or five words in a row that don't really make any sense. But all of a sudden, that person just reacts weird. They're Stare goes dead. Their mouth goes slack. They don't blink for like 30 seconds. And you're like, what just happened to that person? And all of a sudden they're like, they shake their head and they come back. Like what? So people are like, the theory is that those words sometimes said by accident by someone else trigger the dissociative part of their brain, which is the mind control part. They're waiting for an order, which they never get. So their brain reverts back. That's the theory. But it's so fucking weird. It's crazy, man, because... This stuff is in the news all the time. Maybe not, you're not going to see it on TV sometimes, but ritualistic occult 
like practices in the elite of society in the Western world for sure is it's in the it's it's there all the time. Pedophilia's in there all the time. I don't know. We're uh, can't go too much farther on the from MK Ultra that way, but Project Mon- the Monarch Mind Control. I uh, I suggest you look it up because I guarantee that MK Ultra ended in seventy three. Sure, but like that way of thinking never ended. Like that doesn't that didn't stop dead. No, they, no. no. And they've not. they've also put a request in for the additional files because uh, when they put those when they put those pages up, I think we said it. Um, when they put those pages up for the NK Ultra in two thousand four, um, a user on the website of the Black Vault, that's called. Um, he noticed that the pages didn't match up, that some of the, some of the sections didn't match up and that now there's over 4,000 pages missing because they've went back and they've actually requested those. Like, I think it was earlier this year. Um, they put in a request for these, these missing pages that have been gone. Right. And they're looking for them. They're like, and, and the CIA, the CIA, when they were confronted about why they didn't give it to them or kind of giving the people the run around, they're like, Oh, well you, you only asked about the mind altering stuff. You didn't ask about this other stuff. So you didn't specifically request yeah, this. It's so your fault. There's a lot of, yeah. So there's a lot of stuff. That's that like, like, that's like you, when you're a kid and someone's like, you want a doll hair and you're like a doll, I'll have a doll hair. And they pull your hair and they're like, ha ha. I said doll hair. Oh, like, good one, what? man. Good what? one. Good one. Why would somebody want doll hair? Exactly. That's why when you're requesting these, they're like, no, you didn't ask for all of it. You're like, yeah, I did. I want it all. You're like, well, no, you said this. So we only yeah. gave you that. You're like. So they definitely play that kind of game where it's like, yeah, we're going to only give you the stuff that you absolutely requested and, and or as we interpreted it, you know, so. There's that out there. There's tons of stuff that's probably going on within the government that we know about. And there's probably stuff that goes on within the government that the government doesn't know about. It's all about just having oversight. Oh, we have such a huge government uh, or the U S and the U S and just compartmentalized compartment. Yeah. yeah. There's stuff that gets buried all the time and nobody's like, you have this stuff that happened in San Francisco. That's what happens when you don't have oversight, you know? So that's why we have all these committees and stuff and, and Senate and Congress and things like that. And you can only hope that somebody's keeping track of this stuff. But when you follow the money, it's usually when you find it. Yeah. But you just hope somebody is like looking at this stuff and being like, wait, what is this? What did we just spend $80,000 on? Bra- a brothel in San Francisco. Well, and that's what? the thing. Like there's, <laughs> there's some people that were like, this is the study. This is it. This brothel thing is what we're doing. That's it. And like, they probably weren't privy to all the other shit going on. Yeah. yeah, there was probably only a handful of people at the top that were like, "Ooh, we got a lot of we got a lot of shit going on, boys. Like, should we rein this in a little?" Nah, <laughs> nah, 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 nah. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a trip. This MK Ultra has long. I mean, there's probably a lot of stuff that came out of it that for has sure. been put into enhanced. To interrogation techniques or things like that. Like I'm sure that there's stuff that's come out of there that's probably in regular use today. Um, perhaps even in the medical field, like because um, 
there were plenty of other like big pharma companies that were complicit in this that you know uh, also helped with these experiments so you think that they did this all without taking some stuff home like i don't think so yeah i don't know it's uh it's crazy i'm gonna go down one more theory we've talked about elite families before and the conspiracy is these elite families have been controlling the world for a long time right and the conspiracy with mind control is these elite families dissociate their own children by abuse like over the last hundreds of years. And so when now when like their children are born, they're more prone to be able to like be mind controlled. It's called like epigenetic memory. The theory is, and this is like, I think that's why they call it Project Monarch is like when a, when a monarch butterfly, it does like something like a 10,000 kilometer migration, right? But that same, that same, it's crazy because those things can't fly worth shit. (laughs) That's what I mean. So it takes them so long to get to their destination and then to get back. By the time they get back, it's been three generations of that butterfly. So that first butterfly that left is not the same when it comes back. So the same one that comes back has never actually flown where it came from, like migration, right? So that's pretty much epigenetic memory. And they kind of, the theory is that these occult leaders of the world that, you know, in control of a lot of industries, they've done that to their children. And every time they do it, they're like <laughs> easier, easier to control. Or they're like that too. Or they're like figured out some way to pass down like all your memories. In a way. So it's maybe, maybe it's easier to relearn that stuff. Yeah. Even though you haven't learned it, but you, it's in there somewhere genetically stored somehow. But they say like, so anyone who has a, who's like a, a child who was molested, like they're prime candidates to be abducted for this kind of stuff. Cause Okay, there's a lot of abducted children from Canada and the United States every day. I don't know the numbers. I don't know how many are found. But there's theories go around that some of these people are just turned into slaves without them knowing. Like they're gone. Their mind's been changed. Their identity's been changed. They've never been found. So I don't know. That's that's my conspiracy route for the day. You guys can dwell on it for a while because it's in, absolutely insane. But it kind of it links a lot of stuff together with this like satanic satanic ritual pedophilia and like ritual abuse on children that is definitely going on because if you type that into google you're going to find thousands of cases thousands and that's that's enough diddler talk for today but (laughs) it's fucking diddlers man they're fucking rampant rampant goddamn diddlers fuck (laughs) fuck um fuck well, should we start wrapping this one up? I think we. I feel like we've been going on yeah. for a while. I get depressed if I talk about these fucking people anymore. <laughs> yeah. So let's talk about some more fun stuff. I got some fun stuff. Right. Yeah, let's talk about our fans. <laughs> Any fans in Vancouver? Oh, no, never mind. This is not going to be out before then. I was going to say I, I got a show in Vancouver on Thursday, but it's not going to be out. So forget about it. Oh, for, for, Forget about it. Forget about um, it. Check out my band, Lucky Monkey, on all streaming platforms. And do you have a prolapser a, of the week? Give us a follow. I do have a. I have a prolapser of the week. Zell's prolapser of the week. Two time prolapser of the week. Two time. Two time. Two time. Steven Spencer gave us a big donation. To the, he doesn't want to go on Patreon because he doesn't like the commitment, which is totally fine. So he gave us a big donation, and he gave us a whole plethora of information about climate change he has a podcast called oh i got it was a hilarious name environmental professionals postulating and he took he took an ode from our name because he loves our he loved our show so much 
But he gave us a whole bunch of links from not just like links from Google. Like these are professional links from universities about climate change analysis. And obviously he's blown the whistle and so are thousands of other scientists. And our our climate change case file is coming. Because regardless of what you... It's happening. Because, yeah, it's happening. Regardless it's of what you thing. think, regardless of what you think, if it's man-made or not, it's happening. It is. Like, yeah. stuff is happening. Mm-hmm. Climate change is always happening, regardless if it's human caused or not. But if you start looking into the science, and sciences are really our best way to really observe the world, even though sometimes conspiracies sound better. He's pretty much saying, like, uh, time is now, people. The time yeah, is we've kn- now. We've known about this for the longest yeah. time. We've known about this, and it's coming. This climate change is going to keep going, and we just keep accelerating it. But we're going to talk about it, and it's happening. It's a good topic. I l- There's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of BS with climate change. There's a lot of uh, posturing and like trying to push carbon tax on people. And for some reason, our world is always like, hey, let's just, uh, you know how we fix this? We tax it, and that's definitely the wrong way to go about it, but that'll be a whole nother topic. But Steven Spencer, the prolapser of the week. What else we got? Right on. Uh, I got some new five-star review. This is from Mel Dale from Australia. Wicked podcast, five-star review. Randomly found this podcast during the drive from West Australia to Tasmania this year. I typed in aliens, and this is what I found. Haven't stopped listening since then. I'm still a scrub and I'm not a Patreon, but I did buy some merch. Keep it up, yeah. guys. And the quality has come a long way. You guys rock. Uh, thanks, Meldale. Thank you very much. Uh, I got one off of Facebook here. Yep. Tara Austin recommends Alien Theorist Theorizing. Five star. This is such a fun podcast. There's always lots of great info. The topics are always interesting and it's funny as hell I find myself laughing out loud at work all the time I highly recommend this podcast if you like aliens conspiracies and paranormal stories keep up the great work guys thanks Tara legend is that it uh, yeah that's that's all I got I got one more I'll do one more on Facebook here we got him might as well, might as well read him Charlene Baron extraterrestrial life is out there folks Seriously, love these dudes and this podcast. A good time and laughs guaranteed. Oh, a good time and laughs guaranteed each episode, in my opinion. Recommended to those with a good sense of humor and an open mind. And if you and if you love beer, boom. That's all I got. Man, everybody says such nice things about us. <laughs> yeah, we haven't got a bad review in a while. But that doesn't mean you should write one. Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> yeah. Because if you write one, you're not getting read anyway. We've already we've been we've been down that road. It yeah, leads nowhere good. To, it was funny when we read one star reviews. We got a plethora of one star reviews. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Read one, get twenty. <laughs> okay, thanks, oh, guys. Man, um, rather read the good ones. We read the good ones. It's true. Um. All right. Well, Patreon supporters, what do we got? Oh, got, shit. got a couple couple new ones. Free Wheeling, Seth, Cornelly, Jacob Cable, Riley Schmidt. Aria Abrego went up. And I think that's it for new ones. We'll leave a couple. We'll, we'll, we'll read a couple more. Cole Gomez, Tanner Hewitt, Chris Powers, and Tara Austin. And we read her, read her last time, but great name. So Jabba the Slut also. 
Thank you very much for supporting the podcast. So funny. <laughs> no ads, all Patreon dollars, keeping the show going, making us sound a little bit better every month. Uh, you know where to find us. We're on all social medias. Message us. You're getting us. Uh, one of us eventually. Just uh, someone will eventually get back to you. If we don't, uh, if we don't respond right away, shoot us another message. We don't care. We'll eventually get to it. Pester us. No one cares. Yeah, we don't care. All good in the hood. Uh, anyways, anything else, Dan? Zell? Mm-mm, no. Uh, as do, we always don't say, don't do too much acid. Things? Don't do too much acid. Yeah, don't oh. drop acid. No, just a responsible. A responsible, responsible amount. amount. Responsible amount. And as we always say at the end of these things, keep those eyes on the skies. Ooh.